Welcome to CruxCast. Whether you're in your car, at work, or at home, we hope you enjoy this interview. And if you do, you can find more like it on cruxinvestor.com. So please subscribe. Caught up with Stephen Roman, CEO of Global Atomic, earlier uh, to catch up on the news of their uh, mining permit being issued pre-Christmas. Also, we ask some of the questions that have been sent in by you guys. If you want our thoughts and opinions on the conversation, the answers, and the company itself, you can find that at cruxinvestor.com forward slash club. We can also find detailed company reports, such as the one we did on Global Atomic. Uh, there is commentary from market experts from around the world on various companies and commodities. There are training videos on there to save you some time and help you with your diligence. Uh, there's also summaries of other interviews that we've done. And of course, there's a thriving community of investors sharing their thoughts and ideas with each other in a nice, safe environment, free from trolling and abuse. Isn't that nice? So go to and uh, check that out at cruxinvestor.com forward slash club. Stephen, how are you doing, sir? Happy New Year. Happy New Year, Matt. Happy New Year. Good to see you. Good to see you. And uh, you finished the year quite well. You must be pleased. Yeah, we're very pleased. Uh, you know, a lot of hard work by many people uh, adding to the effort. And, um, you know, we, we had a very successful outcome on the 23rd of December uh, by presidential decree and passed by the council. Uh, we received our mining permit for the DASA project. So uh, from submittal of my uh, or our um, development plan and application in September, uh, it was, uh, as we expected, a, a very quick process in Niger. So uh, that's one of the prime reasons we are there, looking for great projects with uh, actual a good permitting regime. So if I, if I look back to uh, 2020, I mean, the two big moments for me, certainly in terms of the share price appreciation, in terms of the market understanding of, uh, of what it is that the way that you go about differentiating yourself from the, the also rounds, as it were, was the PEA, the numbers, I think, surprised people. And I think the mining permit just for Christmas, you got that out before the election. So um were you surprised um, but at getting the mining permits out so quickly? Well, we, we you know we we had a good indication uh, when we submitted our development plan that uh, because the government wanted to get uh, specific items done prior to the election uh, that we were high on the list to get our permit approved fairly quickly and and they were true to their word and obviously uh, we got it uh, before the election. Right. So, uh, you know, it was a very, very positive year for Global Atomic. Uh, yeah, well, de definitely. I mean, you when we were talking to you, I think one part of the year, you're about 40 cents at one point. You're now up about 160. So that's four times. So I think shareholders have got to be pleased. That's for sure. But there's no rest for the wicked, Stephen. You, you've got to move things forward, right? So the plan is to do a bankable feasibility study on the phase one flank zone delay to get into production early. This mining permit allows you to kind of also move things along on that front. So what is the plan now? What's the timing on that? And have you got the cash to be able to do it? Well, that's a many questions you ask and I will go through them. Number one, yes, we do have the cash to do it. Uh, number two, uh, we are working very uh, diligently on completing our bankable feasibility study. That's probably done by Q3. Uh, we're currently doing geotech drilling to complete that to finalize our mine plan. And uh, we are also completing our pilot plant studies. So we ship 
material from the DASA deposit, first five years of mining, brought it to Canada, built the pilot plant, ran it through that pilot plant, and we should have results coming out on that uh, very soon that will also be integrated into our feasibility study. So, uh, you know, optimizing the flow sheet, optimizing the, uh, the process plant and all of those uh, engineering details. So that's, that's all in the works, Matt, and that's all on schedule. And uh, we expect, you know, news to be flowing for the first few months of the year as we complete these initiatives. Right, okay, so we, we did a report on you uh, in the middle of last year, I guess, uh, around the time of the PEA. Um, you know, we used a lovely phrase, I think, was a category of one, okay? So you're one of the few companies that we think we can get into production anytime soon, who hasn't already been a producer or isn't in care and maintenance, that is. But can you give people an idea of when you think the timing for that is and what are the barriers? What are the things that are gonna hold you back from getting into production quickly? Well, I think uh, the biggest barrier would be, of course, uh, raising sufficient financing uh, in some sort of a project loan to, to do it. Um, there's no other barriers, really. Uh, we have our mining permit now. We have all the engineering and all of the work being completed. Uh, we're, we're putting a team together to be able to do all of this work and, and move the project forward. You'll see more news on that soon. And, uh, you know, just uh, with the uranium market sort of sitting at a $30 spot price, and of course, uh, term is around $35. Now we are profitable at those prices, but, you know, I think uh, the market uh, needs a little bit more of a sign that uranium prices are moving ahead. And uh, of course, then there's gonna be more financing available. Now on that front, I must say that we've had a lot of approaches from groups that want to finance the company. So we feel very optimistic about being able to do this. And, uh, you know, there are different types of financings we can look at. We can look at a project loan, including some debt, a bit of equity. We can look at, uh, you know, leveraging the cash flow from our Turkish operations. So, you know, we have a, a number of different ways to go ahead and do this. Of course, you know, the, the, big, the bigger banks, they want to see the completed bankable feasibility study. So that's, that's the main goal right now. Let's get that completed, get the numbers out. I think the numbers are going to be better than the PEA in my estimation based on work we're doing. So, uh, you know, and the, and the market needs to realize this, this market value we have right now of about a quarter of a billion dollars that, that's, we're only talking about the flank zone here. The, the whole DASA deposit is 250 million pounds. Uh, we're talking about mining 45 million pounds thereabouts on the flank zone. So you're, you're looking at maybe 18 to 20% of the deposit. So if I, if I may on that, so the, the, just a reminder, because I think we did have a question sent in around that, which was, you know, you know are you fully valued uh, given that the NPV is around the same as the, um, the, the enterprise value, you're talking about less than 20% of the company relates to that NPV. Okay, I, I understood. So- That's you, without zinc. And that's what, what I was about to say. So what do you think you're getting in terms of value for the zinc today? Well, you know what? If you look at Bethesda's stock price, they're our partner. They have just about the same amount as we have, although they have other operations in Europe, obviously. 
they're trading at 10 to 12 times EBITDA. Their stock is at 55 uh, euros or dollars right now. Um, and, you know, obviously zinc prices at $1.28 a pound. So, I mean, if you just extrapolate what we should be worth, that zinc operation of ours is worth about 150 million US, I would say right now, which is most of our market cap. So I think, uh, you know, getting the, the mining permit uh, obviously created a catalyst and brought our name to the forefront of uranium companies. So we, we added probably $100 million of market cap to the, the value of our zinc asset. So there's a long way to go here. But how do you, how do you play that? Okay. Cause the, the zinc component component, once the debt is paid down, which is going to, I think from the last time we spoke, it's going to take another sort of 18 months or so, depending on, on zinc prices, obviously, before it starts putting cash. Less, less than that. Less than that. Okay. What about 12? Oh, max 12. Max 12. Okay. So, and then the, the, the terms of contract, you get paid m- March of each, uh, each year, right? So we, we get we, we get uh, monthly management and sales commissions. So that covers a lot of overhead costs. And then once a year, we extrapolate how much money we've made and a dividend is paid to the partners. So that's uh, declared at the annual meeting every year. And then the dividend is paid. So that's that's the majority of the, the big cash that comes in annually. And then, of course, every month you get uh, the other fees. Right. And when, what do you, well, I don't know if you've got it down on the books or if you've got it down as part of your business plan. What do you think the zinc component is going to contribute on an annualized basis? Well, if it stays the way it's running right now, so we're running at capacity at the moment. Uh, so the steel industry is picked up in Turkey. There's a lot of waste. We are processing this waste. Uh, you know, we're a green company that, uh, cleans things up and produces no carbon. So, uh, you know what? We are running at capacity and the zinc price is $1.28. Uh, if it stays like this, we'll be kicking out, you know, I would say in the range of 12 to 15 million net to us on an annual basis. Right. It's a pretty significant amount. It'll support, you know, a fair bit of debt if we want to leverage that cash flow to build the DASA mine. Well, that's, that's what interests me because, you know, that, this, that operation, those sorts of operations have run and run and run. That's just going to annuity stream of cash. So how do you treat that? Do you just take that as a cash machine? Uh, do you sell it forward? Uh, do you cash it in today? I mean, how do you, how do you look at it? Where do you think the big buck, the big prize is? Is it DASA or is it running the two side by side? Or I mean, how, how are you thinking about it? Well, the the uh, the steady state cash flow we get out of our Turkish operations, you know, I, I think could easily support a two to three hundred million market cap, in my estimation, because it's long term steady cash flow. So as you say, it's an annuity. I mean, the big upside where you get up into the, you know, five hundred million, seven hundred fifty million to a billion market cap, that's going to come from DASA. So DASA is a standout uranium project. It's very large. It's high grade. We haven't explored all the strike extensions, down dip extensions on this deposit. So it's going to get even bigger than where it is. But, you know, when we hit 250 million pounds, we said, hey, you know what? We have enough here. Let's start a mine. Let's get our mining permit. And, uh, you know, we'll continue developing this asset as time goes by. Uh, 
there's going to be big demand for this. Um, you know, obviously there's a number of uranium mines shutting down because of ore exhaustion. Uh, we've got our um, memorandum of understanding with Orano to supply them with feed from DASA. So, you know, this is an asset that's going to keep building in value, particularly if uranium prices start moving ahead, which we expect. We expect it's going to, same thing's going to happen now. It happened in 2007. There's going to be all of a sudden the, the utilities are going to wake up, say, holy smoke, there's no supply. They're going to start jumping into the market and you're going to have a big spike. So I think we're one of the only companies that's going to be a make a, you know, junior company that's going to be ready to go into production to hit that rise in price. Yeah, for sure. So it's, it's very exciting. It is very exciting. But let me come back to it because I want to totally exhaust and, and, and be able to park up the Bethesda JV. Okay. So are there any plans? Because I know you're a uranium guy at heart, right? Um, but, you know, zinc, well, I'm a mining guy. You're a mining guy. Okay. Okay. Made money everywhere. Um, but the, the zinc component, there's no plans to expand that. Because, you know, you sort of see these very large uh, infrastructure projects in, in China, all across Europe, in the US coming up. So steel production is, is a big, big part of that. So in terms of feedstock, you're, you're, you're good, I guess. But would you want to push that envelope? Would you want to increase the scale of that JV? Would you be looking to do any M&A to, uh, M&A, so M&A potentially, but also um, CapEx raises to build the scale of that operation in Turkey? Well, the Turkish operation, uh, you may recall, we just built a, a brand new plant in 2019. And we bumped the size from a 60,000, 65,000 ton a year throughput to 110,000 to 120,000 tons. So we've pretty much doubled the size of that operation. We also made it much more efficient, much cleaner, the highest tech available for this uh, recycling uh, type of plant. And uh, so, you know, we, we have moved ahead with expanding that operation in that regard. Now with Bethesda, we have a JV that says, you know, if there's other opportunities in Turkey, uh, we will do them jointly, the same as we're operating this plant. So, you know, in other parts of the world, of course, Bethesda are building some plants in China right now. They have a number of plants in Europe. Uh, you know, there, there are potentially other opportunities out there. And, uh, you know, we get along very well with Bethesda. They're a great partner. And, uh, you know, obviously, if there are opportunities, typically we show them to Bethesda and say, hey, would you be interested in maybe doing something on this project? Okay. So, you know, there's, there's always a possibility of that, Matthew. But I'm just trying to think, jurisdiction not risk for them. They're, they're comfortable with Turkey, but not unless there may be other risks associated with building it too big. And you feel that you've done enough scaling for now. Is that the reality? Well, in Turkey, in Turkey, yes, yes, we have enough scale in Turkey at this time. <laughs> okay, so let's let's talk about uranium. Okay, so I think this this smart money is suggesting that second half of 2021 we're going to start seeing term contracts and possibly after the WNA, after Nashville, uh, etc. That's when people that's when utilities generally talk to each other. They get in a room and can talk, uh, you know. And I hope this year we can get in a room and talk to people. Um, is that your expectation of when you think things will start to move? Because 
obviously people new to this, you know, I think we've explained Adam Van Eyden ran spot versus contract or, or term contracting, um, the, the difference in pricing and what's you know what's important to companies, what's important to companies to get financing. Um, but do you have a view of when things will start moving? Because it's 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 thirty the spot price is thirty bucks today. It's it's nowhere near where you need it to be. Uh, well, you know what? It's hard to say when the utilities are going to actually start to move. But the, the good thing is, is that they're starting to talk. So they are speaking to uranium producers like Cameco, like Kazadam Prom, and even like Global Atomic. So we've been approached by a couple of people that want to do optake agreements right now. So you know what, uh, this is this is all going to shake out in the next few months, and uh, you know we obviously that's another uh, a good point relating to financing a project. If you know if a banker sees that you've got offtake agreements with uh, three or four utilities, they're going to be more amenable to uh, loan you some money to build your project. So this is all part of the plan, Matt. But the the kind of catch twenty two for you here is. You don't want to do term contracts at thirty bucks or thirty-five bucks. Yeah, I know you. No, could. you wouldn't do that. You wouldn't do that, right? Uh, because that's, no. that's no good for your shareholders, no, no, no good for you. But so, how are these conversations? I guess it's encouraging people coming to you because they think you can get into production. Okay, so that's a, you know, that's a, you know, an endorsement. I, I, I guess uh, there won't be too many companies having those sorts of conversations. Certainly, um, but how do you, the big funds who may want to give you the cash? value you? Are they going to have to wait until the BFS is, is, is complete? I mean, what when you say people have approached you, what sorts of conversations are you having? Is it just literally getting information from you or are they actually negotiating or start, not starting to have, trying to understand the, the, the basis under which you will do business? Well, I think, uh, first of all, you know, the, the utilities need to know when you can actually deliver yellow cake. So our plan is to start uh, Earthworks in early 2022. Uh, we could potentially start shipping ore from the mine to a nearby mill in 2023. And if all goes according to plan, we would be producing our own yellow cake uh, sometime towards Q3 of 2024. So the uh, if you look at the term pricing on uranium for 2024 2025 delivery you're you're up in the $40 plus range uh, at that point and you know that's definitely an incentive price for us to to go ahead so you wouldn't be signing things on today's price you would be signing them on pricing 2 to 3 years out right and just talking about the mill component is how how do you negotiate something like that? Because he who controls the mill controls the district. It's the old cliche in the, in the States, right? So in terms of the deal, deal with the mill owner, Arano, how do you go about having those discussions? Are you are they forward pricing it? I mean, how do you, how do you get the best deal? Well, that's all uh, in the works at the moment, Matthew. So, uh, you know, the, the MOU we signed said that they would buy it at spot. But, you know, of course, spot is fluctuating. So, you know, they would pay, pay us for the uranium that's contained in the ore, less a processing fee. So that's, that's the way it's based currently. Our MOU uh, stipulated 100,000 tons a year would be shipped to them for five years. And, um, you know, we've been sort of discussing those terms and, and other terms that have been put on the table. So 
you know, that's something hopefully we'll get some clarity on in the next few months. Okay, fine. I think that's good. I think I think and that's I think that's me. I'm, I'm I'm intrigued by the fact that you're having these conversations now, because it doesn't seem there's, there's there's not a lot of people talking about conversations at the moment at the at these prices. I think people are still sitting back and waiting. Um, what we are seeing is a lot of generalist funds are stepping in on the equities side of things, picking up some stock here and there, who have been watching, I guess, for the last year. So they must believe it's about to move. And if I look at the equity prices, well, I think well, well there, there's been a sea change, as they say, in the U.S. thinking. So U.S. institutions are definitely on the uranium bandwagon right now. They realize that for a low carbon future, they need to be supporting nuclear development. Uh, so you're, you're seeing a lot of buying coming out of U.S. institutions. And of course, there's no other junior out there really that uh, that is positioned the way we are with a large high-grade deposit that just received its mining permit. I mean, holy smoke! Uh, we're as you said, we're in a category of one. That you are. That you are. Okay, I better let you go because this is meant to be a quick phone call. So I apologize for the extra questions, but keep doing what you're doing. 2021 could be a good year for you, boys. Um, I'll, I'll expect a phone call when the next exciting thing happens. Oh yeah, we'll keep you posted. Thank you for listening. If you've enjoyed the interview, why not subscribe to Cruxcast or our website, cruxinvestor.com and of course our YouTube channel, Crux Investor. Plus you can catch us most days on Twitter and LinkedIn. We really love getting your feedback, so please keep it coming and we'll speak to you again soon.